All right. It looks like we're live, guys. It's working, I, I think, I hope. Um, it may or may not be. It's working. Got it. Okay. I just, I was concerned. All right. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> well, YouTube gave me an error, and after last week, I wanted to take the extra 10 seconds and make sure it was working. So that said, hi, I'm Steve. Uh, I am the host and creator of MSP Webinars. And today we are joined by Ian Alexander, uh, the co-founder of Synchro. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Yep. So uh, just some, some real quick, uh, if, if you are watching live on YouTube, thank you. I will keep an eye on the YouTube chat. So that way, if you have questions, I'll do my best to get those answered for you. Also, if you are uh, here attending in the Zoom room, uh, please toss your questions into the Q&A section. That's how I'm going to be keeping track of all the questions. Um, so if, if you pop something in chat, I, I may not be able to get it answered because I imagine the chat will be moving pretty quickly. That said, I just want to kind of dive right in. Ian, if you could give us kind of an overview, you know, what, what exactly is Synchro? Sure. So Synchro is a combined MSP platform. We have an RMM, PSA, uh, documentation, remote access, and more all in one combined, intuitive, and easy-to-use platform. Um, we have really straightforward, transparent pricing that's really simple and um, we listen to our customers and build stuff they want. So I know I came on here in November, December, I think, Steve. And um, that was right when we had launched Synchro uh, in November. And so since then, we've been having a lot of fun just talking to customers and shipping stuff that they need. Awesome. So I just, I'm, I'm just going to start asking you, uh, questions because you know I, I feel like if if you watched the the last webinar we did um, last year, then you've already got a basic idea of what Synchro does. What what's changed? I would like to think a lot because it's been you know, eight uh, um, months, nine months, right? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so one of the things that really separates us from other companies is we are like half of our team are developers. The most of the other half is tech support. And so um, we don't have that many like salespeople or anything like that. We're really an engineering driven company. So we ship new stuff almost every day, multiple times a week. Uh, I actually did a webinar that was pretty cool that we sent out an email. Some of you who uh, are in here may have seen the webinar last week. It was really fun. It was basically like what's new in Synchro since we launched in November. Crystal and I, Crystal's one of my coworkers, went through and tried to go through our blog basically and figure out everything we shipped. And there were like hundreds of things in there because we ship stuff every week. And it was kind of a challenge to fit it all into an hour. But let me share my screen really quick. And um, I'll actually just show you where you guys can see that. Um, so if you head over here to our blog, um, you'll see we release stuff all the time. Um, so 
you know, this is, uh, what's the date? 16th. So this is yesterday and the 10th. And this goes all the way back, all kinds of stuff. And you can just see how often. And some of these are like combined posts where it's like, um, uh, what's it called? Where it's like 20 things in one. Um, so I don't know. This has like three different, well, this has one feature in it. Um, but there's all kinds of different new p features we've released and it's all been based on customer feedback. So for those of you that are using uh, Synchro, please keep giving us feedback. It's super helpful. But yeah, there were like 69 major features we released in the last like four months or something. Um, so it was kind of a challenge to boil it down and really get get the big ones. Awesome. Thank you so much. So what would you say if you had to pick like two or three features that were either huge in uh, most desired, and it could even be something as simple as a checkbox, you know, but, or, or huge as far as, you know, we, we launched 65 new updates just this one day. Uh, I don't know. I mean, what I would suggest, if you want to know that, the webinar we did last week that I just mentioned is recorded, so you can go watch it. I don't, <laughs> it's just too many. Um, I mean, I have some favorite features, but pretty much everything we build is based on people saying, I need this, and then us specking it and building it. So for different people, those features are going to be different things, like the most powerful things. I think automated remediation was huge for people. So that's basically being able to say, I got an RMM alert when something is wrong and then being able to perform action. So I want to run a script. I want to create a ticket. I want to clear the alert. I want to email or post to Slack for a technician, those kinds of things. I think automated remediation was really big. Um, you know, uh, Bitdefender integration, um, there's 70 of them or more. So I can't, it's hard for me to pick, pick a couple. So you said Bitdefender integration. That, yeah. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Now, are you reselling the Bitdefender to people? Yeah, but it, it's really straightforward. It's really plug and play. Basically how it works is you come in and here, let me just show you like what the, go here. And if you ever go to like a page, and click help or you click a question mark it'll bring you to the knowledge base article um, for that page um, let me go to Bitdefender because this just has really good screenshots to illustrate it so essentially we help you generate a gravity zone account and then you link it it takes like two minutes once it's linked then you can use the integration you just enable in your policy you say I want to use Bitdefender in this policy once you do that, you it will automatically download and install it. It will make sure it's always running. If they uninstall it, it'll reinstall it. The key will never expire, all of that stuff. The billing is done through us. It's a dollar per endpoint per month flat, uh, no matter how many endpoints you have. It's just nice and simple. Um, you can do a bunch of the stuff like schedule scans as a part of our dashboard, um, but if you want to do more advanced things, you can also go into gravity zone. So it's up to you. Awesome. 
And what other, what other big integrations do you have? Any new integrations since last time? Yeah. Um, so if you go to the App Center here, you'll see we have a ton of integrations. Um, new integrations since last time. Last time we didn't have Bitdefender. Um, I don't remember if we had released the QuickBooks online or desktop integration. Um, I don't remember if we had the ConnectWise or Autotask importers. Uh, and these are constantly being improved. So we have people that switch from ConnectWise and Autotask pretty regularly. And if they want to, they can import their customers' contacts and ticket history from both of those. It just makes it easy. Um, the Warranty Master integration is new. Um, this IT Glue integration, I don't think you guys can see it yet, but I have a beta account, so I can see it. Um, that's pretty cool. This Elements ACH, this is through Vantive, but that's ACH payments. Um, that has come out. We've got some other pretty cool things in the works. Uh, so I don't, to answer your question, I don't really remember the exact stuff that was out or not when we last talked, but we have released a ton of stuff. You, you have a lot of cool looking stuff. Yeah. I even saw um, free PBX in that list. Yeah. So that allows you to integrate your phone systems. I think the way that this one works um, is basically you set up your, it works with any of the free PBX stuff. Um, you can see some of the supported things here. Um, basically when somebody calls you, the system will look at your customers in our system and it'll put the caller ID. So, you know, if one of your customers is calling you. Excellent. And, um, what about backups? Yeah. Backups. So we have in the app center, there's a Cloudberry integration. This is a billing integration. So what this does is it enables you to automate how much you bill your clients for Cloudberry. So mm -hmm. you enter your Cloudberry info here. And let's say you, it basically allows you to set up tiers. Again, you can click this question mark if you want to see more info. Allows you to set up these tiers where you can say, okay, if they are between like two and five gigs, I want to bill them 25 cents per gigabyte. And you can change these tiers. All of this, or you can do metered. All of this can be integrated into our recurring invoices. So okay. you can just automate month to month based on how much they're using, how much you bill them. It just makes it really easy. Now, in addition to that, because that's just a billing integration, if you head over here to scripts, and so we have a really powerful scripting engine. Um, however, if you don't want to write your own scripts, you can go to the community script library. So the community script library is a collection of scripts that either we or other users have written and we have vetted by reading them and making sure they're not distributing malware and those kinds of things. And then we approve them. And there's a bunch of scripts in here. And I can go and I don't know, uh, we have a bunch for Cloudberry here, for example. This one is installing and configuring Cloudberry. And you can import this into your config configuration and modify it from there. Um, we also have one for monitoring. Because our scripting engine is really powerful, it's easy to use these scripts to create custom RMM alerts. So we have in here uh, scripts for monitoring, uh, like backup exec and uh, shadow protect and Veeam and uh, 
there's some other thing. I think there's a carbonite one and maybe a crash plan one. So there's, there's scripts in here and there's people constantly adding more. Um, I think there's 125 right now and you can request scripts. So if we get this, a suggestion, if you click here, this actually posts straight to our Slack. And if we see the same thing two or three times, we'll write a script for you. So if there's something in here, if you, if you have another backup solution that we don't support yet, feel free to let us know. We might be able to just write a script to monitor it. And then you can set that up in the policies and it's all automated. So you, you call it a scripting engine. Yeah. It looked, you, you might want to just keep the screen share up because I'm probably going to have a lot of okay. on what I'm seeing. Yep. Um, so, so you called it a scripting engine, but it looks yep. like all it's doing is running script that you write. Um, so if you go to new scripts, here's what I mean. So when you're writing a script, you can basically choose between PowerShell, Batch, or VB. Um, and so let's say you're using PowerShell, which is what most people use. We also will host files for you. So for example, BleachBits, my favorite open source cleanup tool. I've already uploaded it so I can um, basically have it downloaded to the C drive here or wherever I want. It'll do this before the script runs. So you have access in your script. You can then run it as system user or logged in user. You can set a maximum runtime. Um, you can add this to your favorites, which we can get into later, but not that important. Um, if you're using PowerShell, then we have this module for you that you can import. So you just import the module, the top of your script, and then you get access to all these really cool scripting functions. So this one allows you to create a custom RMM alert. Um, this one shows a, like a Windows dialog box. So it's just a normal message box. And you can say like, hey, I'm going to remote your computer at 5 o'clock. Make sure you leave your computer on. Um, this one will take a screenshot, put it in a place. This will send an email. This one uploads a file as an attachment to an asset. This one is super cool. Um, we'll probably get into this later, but assets, customers, and tickets all have custom fields. Um, so these are fields you define that you want to track. So let's say for an asset, you wanted to have a checkbox that says like, does this computer have Office 365 on it? You could write a script here that would go and check if Office 365 is installed and check the box. So how that would work is you'd go here and you'd say, let's say your custom field was named Office 365. You could then go and say yes, which is how we um, check checkboxes, um, but you could do this and this is going to change the value of that custom field. That's just a silly example, but you can do all kinds of stuff with it. Um, you can create tickets, you can comment on tickets, you can add time to tickets, you can update tickets. So it's a pretty powerful module there. Um, and that's how the scripting works. And then once you create a script, you can um, schedule it to run on a recurring basis or run it one time or whatever you need to do. Okay, so <clears throat> I, I like the fact that you have your own PowerShell module. Mm -hmm. Now, Eric said that the answer to so Synchro has its own PowerShell module is no. They will import the module from a report, repo. I don't really know what he's asking. So you have your own your own PowerShell module that you guys wrote. Yeah. Custom, custom functions PowerShell. that integrate with our API. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. where does that module get installed to the endpoint when you install the Synchro agent? 
No, we download it. Basically, when you want to run a script, we download it on the fly. You then okay. it, it put into a directory and it's smart. So when you write that import thing, it automatically imports it and then that's it. So it's a one-time import during the script instance. It's not being like installed on the computer. Which is good because I feel like that could open up a security hole with access to the API if the module just lived on the computer. Right. And so, it won't it won't work unless it's run from Synchro. Got it. Good. All right. So let me start going through some of these questions here in the Q&A. Um, this is cloud only, right? There's not an on-premise solution. Correct. Okay. Um, Dave is a Synchro user. He would love to see a module that can basically take some of the features of Warranty Master, letting us put in our own Dell API key and do warranty lookups, since the RMM already mm -hmm. has all the service tag info. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yes, totally understand. Um, so for those that don't know, we do have a Warranty Master integration. Um, yeah, warranty Master, they just raise their prices like yes. crazy. I know, and, and I know people. I think, I, I think as uh, as a collective group of MSPs, we should all just say F Warranty Master. I get it. You want to make some money. But at the same time, uh, they really are starting to rip people off. And I know, I, I don't know anyone that has kept their Warranty Master account after they raised prices like they did. Right. So I, and I totally understand. I know people are not too happy about that. I've seen the forums and all that. Um, I do think that at some point we will. So the hard part about basically what Warranty Master is doing, like on a, the Windows side, every one of these and the website is every one of these manufacturers has their own like API thing. And some of them even have a public API where you can go and look up a warranty, right? They're all different. And so like kind of the thing that Warranty Master has done to create value is they've gone to all of them and figured out how to do that. And it's different every time. Um, and that's great. It's not that like, it's not that hard to write an individual warranty thing for like Dell only or Lenovo only. It's more just like the collective work of doing it for everything. Um, so we might at some point do it for like three of them, like Dell, HP and Lenovo or something like that and just have that built in. Um, I have had various conversations about that. It's not, the discussion hasn't gotten super deep. Um, you know, I, I, I think at some point we'll probably do it. I think that would be fantastic, but maybe that's just me. Um, no, I think everyone will benefit from it. I think it's a really good idea. Um, I just don't, it hasn't been discussed deeply enough for me to know when it would happen. You should make a new company, call it Warranty Sensei <laughs> uh, or something and, and charge a fraction of what Warranty Master does and just, you know, let the money roll in. I mean, or we <laughs> could just build it into Synchro and charge nothing extra for it. Or you could do that, but yeah. hey, you know, which is probably what we would do. Hey, my bad for helping you try, <laughs> try to make extra cash. Now, obviously, build it in the synchro, but you know, some people don't want to use synchro. Let's be honest. Um, That's fine. People that, that don't want to use synchro, 
why do you have ConnectWise users switching to Synchro? Because it's, you know, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, switching so I, out your, your PSA like that. Yes. So let me address like the first question you have is why do people switch? Okay. And it could be ConnectWise, it could be Autotask, uh, whatever. And then the question is like, how do they switch? You mentioned it being a big uh, deal to switch. And I, there are large switching costs. So why people switch, it varies. Um, the most common I see is people have purchased ConnectWise or Autotask or whatever it is. And they really, it's, it's such a massive system that they really haven't implemented it. And um, you know, they don't want to go pay a consultant to help them implement it. And so they're in this limbo state and it's just really not set up right. And I tell this to people all the time. It's like, I don't really care which tool you use. The thing that matters is that you implement the tool. Cause a lot of these tools can do similar things. It's not like that big of a difference in terms of like the actual functionality. Um, so you just have to implement it. The thing people like about our system is that they don't need to integrate their PSA with their RMM and their tickets and their documentation and stuff like that. It's all in one place. And it's really easy to implement because our UI is modern and intuitive. And, um, you know, there's no weird things like we're not going to charge you for training. There's no setup fee or minimum or uh, anything like that. It's a very straightforward pricing model. So it's just very approachable. There's no contract. It's there's very little risk, right? Like you, you're going to come in and you're going to test it out. Usually if I do a demo with somebody for an hour, that's enough for them to understand the fundamentals and just get started. Um, so I think the first reason it coming back is that Synchro is really easy to implement. It's really easy to teach your techs how to use. It's really easy for you to use. Um, so that's one reason. I'd say the second reason is that I don't want to, I don't want to bash on other, it's not my thing to bash on other companies. Um, people really like how much we listen to our customers. Um, I think with some other solutions, they don't feel heard. Um, they've had feature requests and stuff like that for a long time and they don't see anything happening. Um, I think they feel like a number. We talk to our customers all the time. I talk to three or four MSPs a day, constantly gathering more feature requests. If you look at our blog, you'll see how often we ship stuff and it's all based on feedback. We've gone so fast in the last you know, since November. Um, so I think they feel heard and they feel like they matter to us. I think that's one thing. Um, we also are not like, that's the right way to say this. We don't have a really aggressive sales team. I think that that matters to people. Um, we don't even really have that many salespeople. Uh, you know, you're going to talk to me or Crystal probably if you're, if you're looking at Synchro and I'm the chief operating officer, right? So like, I can make stuff happen if you have a weird workflow and it, and I've heard about it before from other MSPs, like I'm probably going to find a way to make it work for you and ship something. Um, and so I, I think that's another aspect of it. I think our pricing model, a lot of time people switch to us. We're like one fifth the cost a lot of time. Like I've seen people save 17, $25,000 a year, like no big deal by switching to us at our standard pricing, um, which is one of the reasons why we don't really do discounts. Um, I don't know. There's lots of reasons, but I'd say those are like the high level ones. So you said that uh, people feel heard. Yeah. With Synchro. Yeah. Now 
you know, just, just trying to play devil's advocate. Sure. How many, how many customers or partners or whatever you want to call it, do you think Autotask has or ConnectWise has? Um, thousands. And I understand that because we have thousands of customers in Repair Shopper, which is one of our other products, right? right? Like, so I totally <laughs> understand that. Um, I don't think that's actually the problem though. I think one of the problems is that their biggest customers are people in the MSP 500 and those are the people that they listen to and care about. And I understand why, because those people pay them a lot of money, right? Like proportionately it's like the 80, 20 rule, right? Like those, that 20% of their customers probably pays them 80% of the money. And I, I totally understand that. Um, However, our background is working with small businesses. We love the like one to 20 size MSPs. Like that's kind of always going to be our sweet spot, I think. Um, so yeah, if people want to pay us money from the MSP 500, I'm like, that's totally fine. But I think our focus is kind of going to be that smaller MSP for maybe ever, but who knows? Like the one to 20 is where we really like uh, to be. Okay. <clears throat> Quentin, you still in here? Quentin wants you to sell him on Synchro. Now, Quentin is not only a ConnectWise manage and automate user, he's, mm-hmm. he's also a ConnectWise automate for sure, maybe manage consultant. Sure. So- I think I've seen him in the Discord channel. Um, yeah, he's, yeah, he, he's in there. I don't want to sell you on synchro. I would rather (laughs) show you synchro. I'm happy to schedule a demo. I will show it to you. And if you don't like it, I want to know why. And then I will get those things shipped and then you'll like it. So I'm not, I'm not here to sell you synchro. I'm here to get feedback and like hear what you think is missing in the system, if anything, and then make that stuff. Um, Okay. Yeah. I like it. Now, uh, someone, uh, this is looking back uh, 15 minutes ago now. They they said, can you really call Bitdefender an integration while it is still in beta? Uh, I mean, yeah, we do. <laughs> we call it <laughs> while it's still in beta. Um, you know, there are a couple little kinks with Bitdefender, and that's the only reason it still has a beta flag. It's been used by lots of MSPs for months now. Um, every once in a while, like right now, there's a little bug, and it's because the Bitdefender API, we can't do exactly what we want, so we have to basically magically match machines to other mach- to assets in Synchro. So every once in a while, there's like an install, like it, it'll take a while to install Bitdefender. And there's a couple of little kinks in there that we're working out. Once we feel really good about the everything and like it's 100% working, we'll take the beta flag off. But we want people to know like, hey, every once in a while, you might have a weird issue because this is a beta integration. Fair enough. Now, uh, Randy Wright has some questions. Um, hey. Notification be set when an asset comes back online. Can a notification be set when a computer comes back online? Somebody, 
Randy, did Randy ask me this question like a week ago? I swear, <laughs> I swear somebody asked me this question. Um, so you can, I know you can get notifications when a device goes offline. So if you go into policies here, um, uh, you can make your own policies. Basically the way this works is, let me just back up for a second, talk about what a policy is. So if we go into any asset here, these are different assets. Um, let's go to like this one. I think this is actually my laptop that I'm using right now. Um, you'll notice you can't change many of the settings in here. Um, this is a bad example because this policy has basically nothing in it. Uh, let's look at this one. Is this a good one? No, this is not a good one either. Here, this one would be good. Okay. So you'll notice you can't really change any of the settings in here. Um, you can go through and like, look at all the stuff that's going on. Um, but what you can change is the policy. So policies are basically groups of settings. Those of you who use lots of RMMs are very familiar with this concept. If we go over here to policies, we can create as many as we want and then we apply them to devices. So I have this one as an example here. You can make your own. Um, if we go down to agent status notification, you can get an alert if an asset is offline for let's say like 10 minutes and then it'll check again in 60 minutes or something. So you're not generating a new RMM alert every 10 minutes. Um, so I know you can do that and then you can get notified for this type of we have this thing called um, automated remediation. So this is like automation that you can set to happen when certain types of uh, RMM alerts occur. So if we go here, this is the admin, this is where lots of settings are. Go over here to RMM settings and we'll go down here to automated remediation. So these are like, if this, then that. So an example might be like catch low hard drive alert. So this is like, if we had a RMM alert that had the trigger category, um, you know, low hard drive space. And this is, by the way, this is pulling from your scripts. So if you create your own custom RMM alert, it'll automatically pull into this list. It's pulling from your event log RMM alerts, which are also customizable. Um, you know, I just have some placeholders here, but let's say this like hard drive smart failure, then we'll say like at most once per day, let's create a ticket with this status, uh, with this subject line, and we're gonna run a script from our library, like, you know, clean up the computer, and then we're gonna clear the alert. The cool thing about this is because the RMM and the PSA are all one system, right? We're making this ticket with this subject line. So I know what this is, right? Now I can go over here to the separate section that is called ticket automation. Uh, and I can catch that ticket automation. I can say like, if there's a ticket that's made, you know, anytime, or I can say like during work hours or whatever, they, where the ticket subject contains this, which we set, then I can change the status to resolve, or I can post a Slack or, you know, add a comment or whatever I need. And there's available tags here. If you want to you know, use the asset name or the customer name or whatever, um, you can do that. So you can kind of string those two things together. So what we basically just did is like, we found out there was an RMM alert for low hard drive space. We created a ticket to let the customer know that we're resolving it. We ran a script, we cleared the alert, then we closed the ticket. Um, as far as the original question about like, can you, can you get an alert when the agent comes back online? 
I don't think you can, which is why I think like you asked that question like a week ago, if I recall correctly. And I posted in uh, in Slack for one of my coworkers to take a look at it. So we might ship something like that soon. Cool. Um, is there a way for us to do Fahrenheit instead of Celsius? <laughs> um, <laughs> for for like temperature? Uh, I, I would hope that's what we're talking about. Okay. <laughs> um, so for CPU and RAM temperature stuff, I think there's a script in the community scripting library for that. Um, I think it's CPU health. There's that one. We all, we have, uh, where is that? You don't temp have something built in? We have the, this temp prober thing, which uses open hardware, uh, okay. open monitor lib, and you can use that. We do have a built-in thing for like usage. Um, I don't think we have a built-in thing outside of the scripting library for the temperature, but you can go in here and you can say like alert when CPU usage is over like 85% for 10 minutes, that kind of thing. Um, so you, that's really easy for the, the rest of the stuff. Yeah. I think you have to use that, um, that script and you can modify the script. So if you're in Celsius or something, then you can just change it. So it seems like, <clears throat> excuse me, it seems like you don't do anything built in with temperatures. Randy's question was asking how to change it from Celsius to Fahrenheit. So it almost seems like, um, you know, I, I don't know, maybe he's referring to one of the scripts. That... Yeah, he, he might be. We don't do anything built in with temperatures. So he might be talking about the temp prober. Um, script i i'm not sure i'd have to get more clarification okay let's see what other questions does he have here um he'd like to have more white label options the ability to change colors logos sure the whole system sure so a couple things people ask for commonly there uh, I'll go over and, you know, I think we'll probably eventually ship all those things. There are already some white label things you can do. Uh, first of all, you get your own subdomain. Uh, there is like a section in here you can see. I believe it's in. Um, where is it? Account profile. And here, custom domain. So there's like already a field for this. We just can't do it yet. You'll be able to white label your domain here. Um, so you can have it not say synchronousp.com. You can already upload your logo and, um, the, in the RMM settings, where is that? Oh, why do I always scroll past it? Here it is preferences. Okay. So here you can like change the accent color of the windows system tray. So this thing here that you get, they can right click on this and click support portal. It'll bring them to like a support portal where they can submit a ticket you can completely customize this menu. So you can add more links to it. That's done in the policies and all of that. You can customize this icon right now. I have the default icon here. You can change your icon. You can change the color. Um, yeah, pretty straightforward. Um, now, a couple things that are common that people do ask for. Oh, other white label thing. One, one more thing you can do. 
all of your communications with the customer. So, you know, emails, invoices, whatever that go out to people, they're in this PDF email templates section. So let's say this invoice that you have like as a PDF, you can edit them here. So this is, you know, a standard invoice. I can just click edit. It's really easy to change. It's just a WYSIWYG thing, but it's HTML. So if I click source here, I can just view the HTML. Pretty straightforward. Um, and that's for everything, like the emails that go out, any of the printable, you know, invoices or estimates or anything like that. Um, so I think the main things that we could add in the future, we could probably make it so you can change this from teal to more work than people think. I know you think we just like change one thing. Um, theoretically, I mean, it's, it's just a checkbox. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, it is. Well, it wouldn't be a checkbox. It'd be like the, the color picker thing or something. Um, but yeah, I, I was just, you know, smart ass. I know. I know. It's all good. Um, we'll add more stuff like that. If you send me a list of the exact things you want to white label, I can let you know if it's already on the, on the map or if it's a new request. So I'm sure one of the things people will want to white label, uh, probably even more importantly than the dashboard that the techs look at would be anything else customer facing like uh, control panel, add remove programs or you know, whatever mm -hmm. it's called on Windows 10 now. Sure. Um, the, the list of services on the computer. Right. That type of stuff. Right. Yep. I yeah, I totally get that. Um, right now, the service is not white labeled. Um, it's, a, it's called Synchro right now. If you go into the services, uh, you go down here to Synchro. There's two of them. There's one for Synchro and then one for live. Um, but it's not out of the question. We can totally do it. It's just hasn't been a high priority compared to other things like the event log monitoring and like all the other things on the roadmap. So we'll get around to it. We tend to focus on the stuff that we feel like is going to make you more money or make you look better to your customers. And I think that um, as we get through a bunch of the features people have asked for, we'll get closer and closer. To, like white labeling it does fit that, but it hasn't been as high impact as some of the other stuff we could build. So we'll get there. Okay. Now, Randy also wants you to improve Synchro Live Remote Desktop, but he didn't really say what to improve. So, sure. Just I know what he's out. asking for. <laughs> <laughs> I know what he's asking for. So, for those of you that don't know, Synchro Live is our built in remote access stuff. Um, how you can access it, you can go down to here to the assets page. You can click any of these context menus. We have these context menus for. Um, assets for invoices, for tickets, for customers, all kinds of things. And they allow you just quick access to certain, you know, functionality. So you can click Synchro Live here and it'll just remote into this computer. Synchro Live is a technology we built in-house. It's built right into your web browser. So you don't have to download anything on the technician side. Um, I will get to what he's requesting to be better because I know what it is. This is the task manager page. This is, you know, the processes. I can start and kill processes here, see CPU and RAM usage, see system info. This is a really boring um, virtual machine on Azure. So like the temperature is negative one degree Celsius here. Not very interesting, but you can kind of get an idea for it. Hey, a, a temperature. It is a temperature here, but it's not monitoring. You can see it, but it's not monitoring that temperature. So um, where's the temperature coming from? It's self-reported in WMI, I think. So the, all the different assets 
Oh, oh, sorry. All the different hardware, they report it to Windows, what the temperature is. And then you can ask Windows, hey, what's the temperature? So we can pull that information. Um, we just don't have monitoring for it yet. So I didn't want to say, oh, yeah, you can monitor temperature. Because um, you can't yet. Uh, so here we have the system info. There's remote file system. So you can browse through the file system here and you can like download files. You can upload files. Um, remote desktop is what I'm guessing he's asking to be improved. This part here definitely has room for improvement. Let me see if I can remember this password. It works pretty well on all of our test machines. And we do have lots of customers that are like, yeah, it's slow or it crashed. Please let us know the exact asset and what time, if there was a crash or anything, we're constantly trying to improve the stability and, and speed of all of this. Um, so any information, like right when something crashes, if you see that, let us know which computer it was like right away and like what the timestamp is and which computer it was. That way we can look into it and fix whatever the issue is. Um, if we don't have that information, it's really hard for us to, because there's lots of logs, it's hard for us to figure out what to look at. Um, so when most people are complaining about Synchro Live, they're complaining about this remote desktop part and saying that it's like, you know, crashing on them or something like that. Um, we totally hear that. We're shipping improvements for it every week. Um, it's gotten tremendously faster since November. So it's, I know some of you are complaining about it and whatever, like to put it in perspective, like this was horrible in November. So I, <laughs> like, <coughs> so it was, Sorry, it was horrible in November. Yeah, but um, it's now it's just bad. It's not horrible. It's well, just... I think this particular part is hit and miss. Sometimes it's totally fine. Like if I'm using it right now, it's working totally fine, right? Um, there's not like any like speed issue or anything like that here. So it just depends <clears throat> on the machine and how far it is. It's like kind of a network topology issue and there's other things like that. So I would say it's hit and miss. If it's a hit, it works perfectly fine. Um, we are constantly improving this this week. We have a screen connect and team viewer integration coming out. So if you want to use those, you'll be able to, um, everything else in synchro live is pretty darn awesome. Like our remote, um, command prompt and PowerShell, you can have multiple tabs open. It's really cool. And it works really well. Um, so that's synchro live. I hear you. There are, there is room for improvement and we'll get there. Okay. Now, Synchro Live, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a Kaseya user. Uh, I'm sure there are plenty of people that are, uh, have, have at least tried other products, whether it's Kaseya, any of the SolarWinds stuff, sure. Wise, um, Datto RMM, pretty much all of the, the other major RMM tools are using <clears throat> either a third-party application for remote app access Mm -hmm. Or they've they've custom written something that is an application that runs on the computer. So, I mean, is do you see it getting there eventually to where you've got uh, some type of application that launches for people to be able to remotely access a computer that not using their web browser? Because, I, I mean, let's face it, with with all the the plugins and extensions and everything available for Chrome or Firefox, people are going to end up breaking the Synchro remote just just because there's a plugin preventing it from working. Uh, um, I feel like browser stuff 
I, I've always hated using remote access in a browser. I tried it before. I absolutely hated it. I, I'm not saying I tried Synchro. I just mean remote access in general. From a to my knowledge, there's only other. There's only really one other technology that works in the browser that MSPs use. Um, it's an it's new tech. We're using WebRTC, which is a brand new technology. A lot of what we're doing and why this is hard is because we're the we're the first ones trying to do it in this way. It's a peer to peer connection, which means that it only matters how far you are from the computer you're trying to remote into because it's a direct connection and you don't have to worry about using a server as a relay. A lot of that stuff is brand new, which is why it's hard. Um, I do think this is the future. I, when writing a Windows application is horrible. Like I'm just gonna tell, like Windows development is not fun. And um, the, the advantages to using it in the web browser are that number one, Chrome and Firefox, which we support both are on everything. So you can remote in from Mac, Windows, Linux, tablet, whatever, and you don't have to worry about having an agent on that thing. And we don't have to maintain an agent on every single one because it doesn't matter. It's just in your web browser. So then we can just focus on building more features. Web browsers are getting more powerful. Like if you look at WebGL stuff that's coming out now and like, I don't know, I, I think it's the future. And I think that the concept of downloading an, an agent, like I think people are comfortable with it. They're like, oh, this works better because that's what they've done forever. And I think there's merit to that, right? Because those solutions are probably more stable because the technology is older. Um, but going forward, I think if like TeamViewer were to restart their company right now, like they probably wouldn't do it the same way they've been doing it. That's my hunch. Um, so anyway, it's an opinion. Okay. It, it is an opinion. And, and you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dave wants to know if he can get a checkbox somewhere that if a computer name changes, that the asset name changes in Synchro also, it gets confusing when they don't match. Yes, so I, I think so Dave has asked the agent. So, so if I were to install an agent on a computer yeah. with the name win-v74xc12. Sure, like this one. And then I, yeah, and then I change it to ian's computer right i would probably want that to say ian's computer from now on now i imagine that that would be updated in the asset information when you open up the computer yep yeah that so this is automatically synced from the computer now from on the flip side me personally i would probably want to have those stupid computer names you know ws1 ws2 ws3 mm -hmm. and then give the asset a friendly name in synchro right so i mean i can change this to like a friendly name and that's fine i can do that and this thing will stay up to date right so i think it's just it's just a matter of how people want it to work right so wants it to automatically synchronize the asset name with the computer name whereas i would want to maybe change the asset name to a friendly name right computer name the same yes so, these are really hard problems because different people want different things and it's somewhat like it's somewhat arbitrary what's right you know what i mean 
And those are kind of one of the harder things to to work. Like we could make a checkbox. <laughs> it's like, do you want it to work this way or this way? Um, I don't think a check checkbox could be bad. I mean, yeah, I don't think there like one checkbox isn't inherently bad. It is a now, creep thing where it's like the more we add things like that, the com more complicated the app gets. And right so, now, Tommy yeah. Tommy just posted something great in chat. He said event log. Event ID 6011, 6011. Yeah. Notifies you if your computer name changes. Just script sure. your on alert. Yes, so check this out. So in policies, you can go down here. We have these things called event log policy alerts. So these are custom things you can set up. So I'm just going to click on edit event log policies. So you can even make friendly name event log policies. You totally can. So we have these like five different ones we give you. So like the hard drive monitoring one, for example, um, this is, we made this for you. There's like 400 or something like different event log IDs that we've just added in here. So like, I don't know, like, uh, Tech antivirus. There's like all these different event log IDs you can monitor for if you want to, but I can create my own. Um, so like this is one Troy made and now hold on a second. I'm, I want to go back because you showed me one and I'm confused now. So sure. that, that policy was called hard drive monitoring. Yeah. But then you were talking about Symantec. Oh, I was just showing you, we have all kinds of things in here. This hard drive monitoring one has this checked here, disc four. Um, yeah. And that'll show you like, those are like the hard drive related event IDs. You can check okay. whatever you want in your custom ones. So this is like a custom one. And you can pick from either the things we're already automatically pulling, or you can click new event log query. You can give it a name and like choose the ID or the source. And we'll search through like, if you want to, um, you know, severity high or whatever, it'll come up like right here. You check that once you create these. So in, in this case, um, sorry, I forgot the name. Somebody said there's a particular ID for the computer name changed. Um, so you could pick that ID, create a custom one. Now I've got that in here. Let's just say that was the Troy's issue one. So now in my policies, it's going to automatically show that Troy's issue thing. I just check this. Now I'm monitoring for that. That's going to create an RMM alert if it goes off. In the automated remediation, I can then go down here and go to automated remediation. And let's just make a new one. And the condition would be like the category is, and then your new thing is automatically going to show up here. Event logs, Troy's issue. It'll automatically show up here. So if an RMM alert is generated from this, and I don't know, um, this automation has never run or I don't know, there's all kinds of different things in here. You can, you know, just post to Slack or email somebody or run a script um, or create a ticket to like change the asset name or something like that. Okay. That works pretty well. And I would say that that's probably easier for people to figure out than a lot of the things that you can configure using connect wise, because I was, I was just looking at a screen of somebody monitoring, um, Gosh, what was he monitoring? He was he was monitoring if a server is getting low on DHCP addresses available. 
Okay. So let me um, find that real quick. So, like, I'm going to take over the screen share. Go for it. Because, like, this makes my brain hurt. It's very small, just so you know. Oh. Um, Sorry. It's all good. Uh, I, I think I can see that. it anyway. Right. I And I... I get that. This isn't super plug and play. And that's, that's kind of what I was saying earlier, why people like synchros, because it can do a lot of the really powerful stuff that you need to do, but it does it in a super simple way. And yeah, we might not have all the features that like lab tech has or that solar winds has or something, but we have a lot of them and we have most of what people need and it's really easy to use and it's all in one place. And if there really is something that you need, we'll add it. It's okay. Just let us know what it is. Okay. So going back to the uh, Q&A here. Yep. Uh, Eric said, how can you call this, uh, and now we're back to over a half hour ago. How can you call this a scripting engine when all it does is run a script? It's not really an engine. Like, like SolarWinds has a scripting engine. They have a scripting platform where they've basically made a, a drag and drop for dummies of PowerShell. Sure. Whereas, I mean, whereas yours is arguing about the words. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Sure. If you don't want to call it an engine, you don't have to. I won't be offended. Okay. Moving on. Would it be possible to see a list of um, what is on your roadmap? What's on the pipeline? Sure. Um, we do have a roadmap. I can't show it to you, but I can tell you some of the things that are on it. Um, this week, we're releasing a Screen Connect and TeamViewer integration. Um, now, hold hold on, hold on. I saw in the chat, somebody said, while we're waiting on uh, Synchro Live to improve, the Synchro community wrote this script for utilizing custom fields, blah, blah, blah. Yep. Screen Connect URLs right in the, right in the assets. Yep. So is, there is, is a script already, but we're making like a, no, that script is awesome. And I really appreciate the community writing that script. It works as like a really good bandaid actually. Um, we're writing a more direct integration that'll be easier to use um, okay. for both TeamViewer and Screen Connect. So it'll be kind of more built in and nice. Um, so you'll be able to use those optionally if you want to. Um, so those are coming out this week, I think. Um, we're working on an IT glue integration. Uh, we're working on an Infusionsoft integration, which is pretty sweet. Um, we're working on a... Um, man, there's a lot of stuff. I need to, and it's always changing, so I kind of have to go look real quick. Um, uh there's a lot of like kind of quality of life stuff let me pull this up quality of life yeah so like we call it that's probably an internal term um it's like an improvement to an existing feature for something that like annoys someone um so like if uh okay perfect example okay check it out let me share my screen 
Okay, so in tickets, right? This is a ticket. Actually, this is an overdue ticket. I don't like looking at overdue tickets because they're stressful. Um, let's go look at a normal ticket. <laughs> um, okay, so it used to be like here in the CCs um, that you had to try to go make a new ticket for Larry, who's my example customer. Quality of life thing is like a really simple change that makes people's lives better. Basically, it's not like a huge feature. It's just something that annoys people on a daily basis in their workflow. And this is a really good example. In the additional CCs here, you used to have to type someone's email address and you don't necessarily know what their email address is. So now we automatically pull all the contacts from this customer so that you can just select it. So that's a huge quality of life change for people that need to CC like the accountant at the company or, you know, another tech or something like now it's just right there. Super easy. Um, so lots of things like that. Um, we're always shipping stuff like that. Um, let's see. Mac agent is a really big one working on right now. We've been working on it for a while. Um, it's like 95% done. We're inviting people to be in a beta. It's a closed beta for a couple of weeks while we just get people to use it and give us feedback. Then it'll be an open beta. Um, Windows patch management right now is uh, ready. It's in test. So like all the features are there um, and you can kind of see how they work, but you guys don't have access to it yet. So that'll be there in a second. Let me kind of show you, show you like a sneak preview of that. So you'll kind of go in here. Uh, Windows patches is a new tab here. You'll be able to see like recently installed and then you can see, you know, missing patches. You can click install. Um, it'll just do it. Um, there's new reports. So we have tons of reports. There's new reports like vulnerable patches where you can see a list of patches and how many computers need that patch and then vulnerable systems. So you can see how many computers there are that have vulnerable patches. Um, an example is like here you can look at it by customer or um you know how stale the update is pretty easy um you'll also be able to go in here to assets we have these things called um asset searches so this lets you kind of like go through all your assets and sort them by like operating system or form factor or what policy they have or any custom fields so like i mentioned that office 365 um like checkbox you can go and say like, I want to make sure that Office 365 checkbox is checked and I only want to see those assets. Then once you, um, once you create those, you can access those filters here and or here. And then I can just say like, I want to see all my servers and click that. Um, so one of the new filters in here is like missing a KB or installed a KB. Um, and then you can see all the computers that have that. So anyway, uh, Windows updates is a big thing that is uh, going to be dramatically improved. That's all like this week. Um, so lots of other stuff. What about third-party patching? We already have that. Um, let me show oh, you. Oh, well, look at you. Let me show you <laughs> what that looks like. So if you go into here to policies, uh, let's just go back to this one. If you go down here to application management, you can see we have these like special policies for that. 
So you can create your own policy um, for third-party application patch management. Let's just like look at this default one. Just gives you a list of apps and then you can choose from three different options. So this one basically will do nothing. So it won't install updates. It won't install anything. Um, if it, this one is, if it's already installed, then update it. This one is make sure it's installed. So if it's not there, we'll install the application for you and then we'll keep it up to date. So you just pick what you want here. And then in your like master policy, um, you select which patch management policy you want. So I have those two here and I can just pick. And then it just does it. Okay. Now, um, let's look through here. Uh, is there an ETA on a Mac client for the RMM agent? Yeah. So like I mentioned, uh, beta is starting this week for a Mac. Oh, I missed agent. it. Uh, it's all good. And that'll be a closed beta for probably like a week or two. We're getting like a couple people that we know really, really wanted to test it and have a lot of endpoints and like they've beta tested for us before. Cause we want like a lot of endpoints installed and um, really fast feedback so that we can keep shipping stuff. So it's probably gonna be a closed beta for a week or two, and then we're gonna do an open beta. Um, but yeah, it's coming. It's it's cool. We've got managed antivirus in there, and sounds like, like next month people will be able to access that. Yeah, that's a good estimate. Maybe okay. sooner. The open beta, yeah. everyone will be able to do it. It's just gonna be called right. beta. Right. Um, now, what about? non-technicians like say non-technicians just a bookkeeper in my company mm -hmm. you're gonna have a, a lower priced subscription plan for if i've got non-technicians yeah good question so um i encounter this a lot this is the way our pricing works for those that don't know it's uh you know no contracts, no platform fees. There's nothing weird. Okay. And you just pay per tech because we have everything in one place. Almost everybody's on this MSP plan, which is $99 per month per tech. You've got unlimited everything. So unlimited endpoints, unlimited use of Synchro Live, like all the integrations and stuff like that. The only thing not included on this pricing plan is antivirus. It's completely up to you what you want to use. Bitdefender is a dollar a month in endpoint. MCSoft is a dollar fifty. You can mix and match. You don't have to use them at all. It's up to you. Um, so other than that, you can expect to pay $99 per month if you're on this plan, which most people are. Um, and that's what you're going to get per tech. We do encounter people that have like an accountant or an office manager or secretary or something like that, a sales rep, and they want to give them access. I don't have a great way of accommodating that right now. Uh, you can't mix and match plans currently. Um, so basically you can share accounts if you want, but that's not really like we're not going to police that but it's not an ideal solution because you want to kind of know you want to have a record of who did what um and have them have their own login and have them turn on two-factor authentication like all that's just you know better for you um so i do have like some workarounds i can do where like if you have three or more techs we can give you one non-tech user on this psa only plan um it's basically just like a coupon we can apply it's not, it's kind of a hacky solution, but we're really focused on shipping features right now. And I'd have to divert dev energy to build like a pricing solution there. And the thing is, there isn't really much of like a necessity for it because almost everybody, I don't know if I've ever encountered someone that's switching to Synchro and paying more money than they're currently paying. 
um, people save a ton of money by switching to us. Um, so okay. it's not really like a, it's not much of a necessity there. I understand people mentally, they're like, I don't want to pay for a non-technician user for the technician pricing, but it's kind of like, if you look at it at a high level, it doesn't really matter. You're saving $17,000 a year. So, <coughs> sorry. So anyway. No worries. Now, uh, is Bitdefender going to be centrally managed just like MCSoft? I know that you said we'll be able to log into the to the Gravity Zone dashboard. And I'm pretty sure that we'd have to manipulate all of our policies with Gravity Zone, right? Right. So if you go into the App Center um, and you go to the Bitdefender integration and then you click this question mark, it will give you a really good idea of how it'll work. Um, you do get gravity zone. So if you want to go into gravity zone and change your policies and whatnot, you can totally do that. Um, from the synchro dashboard, you can see all of the different assets that you are managing with, uh, that have Bitdefender on them. You can see that it's installed. You can see the current status. You can schedule scans to run. Um, if you want to go into gravity zone and change a policy, you can do that. So you, you have basically both if you want. What if we need to say um, whitelist a website? Because with... You uh, would do that in Gravity Zone. Okay. Yeah. So now you guys have um, MCSoft. Yep. Is, is that entirely 100% managed through Synchro? Yes. Or is there... Okay. So that one is managed 100% through Synchro. Um, you can see an example of like how you do all of that in the policies here. This one, I believe, has MCSoft turned on. So it's enabled here. You can see like, oh, what's my scan schedule? I want to do it daily. What kind of scan do I want? Like, what do I want to do when I find issues for surf protection, which is like, you know, internet security. Um, you can like choose what happens when it finds a privacy risk or a phishing host. Um, when FileGuard finds something, do you want to quarantine with notification? Do you want to alert? What do you want to do? What do you want to get notified about? Um, so you can customize all of that. And it's really easy. We then just like install it for you. We configure those settings. Um, and which computer has that enabled? This one. Antivirus. So you can see like real-time protections on, serve protections on. It's installed. Here's the key. You know, do I want to scan? I can do that. Pretty straightforward. If I want to see like scan logs, I can see them here. So um, because of how Gravity Zone is controlled, there's not, are, are there plans for you to be able to centrally control that? Like, can the API for Gravity Zone let you manipulate all of those settings? Um. You know, I didn't have as much to do with writing that particular integration. Their API does have a lot of different settings in it. I don't know what in particular it does and doesn't have. I do remember there is more we can do. Um, but when we were writing that integration, people were like, we really, really, really want Bitdefender. So we kind of chose to do a little bit more of a lightweight version of it because you have access still anyway in gravity zone um 
in favor of getting it out quicker. So I do think we can add more to it. Um, right now, we're a little less focused on that part and a little more focused on just making sure it works 100% of the time. Because there are instances with Bitdefender where like it takes six hours to install Bitdefender. And that's really annoying. And so that's kind of more our focus right now is just making sure, okay, let's make sure it works 100% of the time. And then, their installer is huge. I know. And that's part of the issue is their installer is really big. And so, and sometimes it needs a restart after so it can install. It also doesn't play nice with other antiviruses. So if there's remnants even of another antivirus on the system, like even in the registry, it might not even install. And these are things that have nothing to do with Synchro, but we're just trying to make it more streamlined for everybody and make it easier. Um, so that's kind of more our focus right now. We want it to work 100% of the time. And gotcha. uh, then we'll take that beta flag off. We'll add more features to like once we do that. All right. Um, are you planning on adding functionality or is, I'm sorry, no. Is there functionality for alerts to be sent via SMS? Yes. This is one of my I'm favorite sure. show people. I was, I was going to say, I was pretty sure the answer is yes, because I know Repair Shopper does that. Yes. So... I love this part. There's this thing called the notification center here. You can create different notification sets and put different people in those sets. So if you want your text to get notified about certain stuff and your admins, your accountants or whatever, let's look at this text one. So here we have lots of different events and you can choose how you want to get notified for different events. So for example, this RMM alert was created, right? You can say, I want to get an email or a text message or an in-app notification or a mobile push notification. We have an Android and iOS app, so you can get a push notification on your phone. You can do a webhook. So if you want to use Zapier to do some crazy integration with some other thing and like add a line to a spreadsheet in Excel, you can do that with a webhook. Um, there's all kinds of cool notifications you can do here. Um, you can even, you know, send it to people that aren't a part of your company. Like if you want to put an additional SMS thing in here or an additional email, um, really easy to do. Neat. Uh, scripts automation, uh, automation. <laughs> oh boy, uh, it is almost the end of the week, guys. Automations <laughs> and scripts. Uh, what happens if the computer's off during the scheduled time? It will run it when the computer turns back on. Okay, so it, it doesn't even, does it like delay at all or is it just like, oh, hi. Let's do this. Well, when the computer turns on, Synchro takes about like, it purposely waits like 30 seconds to a minute before it turns on the agents. Um, so it, I don't know, it probably would be delayed a couple minutes and then it would do it. Hmm. You can also in your, um, in your scripting, in your automated remediation, if you go down here to RMM and you go to automated remediation, you can actually put a delay in. So you can say delay one minute here or 10 or whatever. So you can run a script delayed as a function of the automation. Hmm. Um, let's see here. Uh, guys, so we got eight open questions. Um, I'm gonna go through all of these. If anyone has any other questions, feel free to pop them in. Uh, somebody said that a community member made a really nice script that gets rid of the remnants of other AV software. They did. I saw that. It's awesome. Um, like, like what? Okay. So is it getting rid of remnants or is it going to fully uninstall that old AV too? 
from what I remember, their script um, that they made goes through and looks at registry keys that are used by other AVs and it removes those keys from the registry. So it's not uninstalling. It's basically tricking Bitdefender into thinking those AVs aren't there. Um, <laughs> now, okay. that assumes that you have actually uninstalled that AV, right? Like Bitdefender does not play nice with other antiviruses. Um, so make sure you uninstall it. But that script he wrote uh, will kind of like smooth out the process if that antivirus uninstalled didn't remove that register key. Cool. Um, all right. So here's, here's how, here, here's, here's where, so this question from over 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, remember when I saw that temperature gauge, when you were looking at just the system information? Sure. That's what Randy was talking about. If you can change that from Celsius. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, this thing yes uh yeah sure i don't i mean we i know we can um sure. i don't know if anybody's ever requested that before i haven't heard anyone request it i'm happy to to ask how much work that is it's probably not very much it's just math right all right sergey uh sergey's throwing me under the bus sir okay said, throw me under the bus Speaking of, we built it ourselves on Synchro Live. I saw somebody posting a link with a similar product that looks very identical to Synchro Live, but I can't find it now. Right. Yes. It's called Alterius. Um, and we worked with those developers to build Synchro Live. Alterius, what you'll find out there uh, in Alterius is from a backend perspective, nowhere near as complex as SyncroLive. They look similar from a UI perspective, um, but you have to go with, with Alterius, you have to go into a network and like set up a network device to be able to remote into a computer. Um, we had to do a ton of stuff to make it so it could work the way it currently works. Um, and we've iterated for a long, long time on that. So they look similar, but they're not the same. Fair enough. And at this point, it's, it's just a fork of their version at that point, right? Like you are no longer going to be working with Alterius. Correct. We, yeah, we basically like acquired it. So it's, it's oh. like, it's like a, it's like a fork. It, it's basically a fork from you, a coding perspective. Right. Uh, you, you, you bought or acquired their code. They're still their own company, right? Like you didn't acquire. I don't know what they're doing, <laughs> what they're currently doing. Honestly, um, their focus is on like the video game industry. Oh, fun! So, um, yeah, they want to build. Um, as far as I remember, they want to build something like uh, on live. You guys remember on live? Um, sure. Wanted to build something like that. Anyway, um, yeah. So, like, I guess the like original code is kind of lightly based on that which is why you see the ui but we worked on it for like a year before anyone saw it in november and then it's been like six months there's yeah it's not the same thing anymore that's uh fair enough in live is there a way to see the progress of a file upload 
Burns is asking as he's uploading user files to their computers. Um, not currently. I think we'll probably do something like that once we feel really good about the remote desktop piece. I'd say that's reasonable. Sergey noticed that Synchro has a really good integration with MailChimp lists. Is uh -huh. there any plans to make it integrated well with Office 365 without using Zapier? I haven't heard anybody ask for that. So no, there's not currently any plans. I'd be happy to discuss it though. Um, do you have any plans for adding other third-party applications to that policy for updating? Yeah, I mean- close to like Ninite Pro, it's just- Yeah, like so what it uses in the background is Chocolatey. Um, a lot of you are probably familiar with Chocolatey. We basically built a thing on top of Chocolatey. Um, so if you go in here to third-party application settings and you go here, you'll see some of these apps. If you go to chocolatey.org and there's a package that you would like us to add here, it's really easy for us to add additional packages. Just let us know. So as long as Chocolatey yes. has a thing for it, um, just tell us and we'll, we can add it. Now, how's, how's that work though? Because like... I have personally never used Chocolatey because mm -hmm. you know, I have that whole fear of open source uh, repositories. You know, how, how do I know that we're going to download the legitimate version of, you know, Adobe Flash and not something that's got a virus or malware or whatever built into it? Yeah, they have a whole, they have a whole system on, on their end for verifying stuff. So okay. it's pretty... It's pretty darn solid. So if I find something on Chocolatey that will like deploy QuickBooks Pro 2016, you'll... you'll. I don't think you'll find that. Um, Obviously, this is a very hypothetical question. <laughs> I don't think I'll have QuickBooks Pro. Um, yeah, but if, but if, if there's something in that list, you'll you'll consider adding it for us, basically. Sure. So somebody asked for Java, right? So we added Java because it's already in there. Okay. Um, same thing, you know, VLC is in there. Um, they have thousands of apps. So yeah, I know. Just let us know. Will the Mac also use Synchro Live? Remote desktop, file transfer, etc. Um. No, it will not use Synchro Live. There is an integration. I have to admit, I have not been involved in the dev process for the Mac agent. So like what I hear is when I like decide to go look at exactly what people are talking about at that time <clears throat> in Slack. Um, I think there's an integration with TeamViewer. If you want to use TeamViewer uh, on the Mac side and you can also the scripting. So if you wanted to like, install your remote access Mac client. You can do it through the scripting engine. Okay, right. scripting. We don't have to use the word engine um, on the Mac side. <laughs> um, so it's up to you which solution you use, but we can like accommodate installing it and stuff like that. Awesome. Um, eventually, I, I imagine you would add Synchro Live, but that could even be a year down the road. Yeah, I'd say that's, I don't know. Um, it's a lot of work to build another, like a Mac version of Synchro Live. 
it may not be worth the investment when we could integrate with something else um, to have it. Um, so we'll have to weigh that and we'll see. Okay. I really don't. I can tell you confidently, we have not built anything for Mac in Synchro Live. So nothing has been done on that front. So, so how about this as a question then? Um, are you going to work on any deals with third-party companies like Screen Connect, TeamViewer, Splash Top, to where you are able to offer us licensing for that and have it fully integrated with Synchro? I have had people that would rather use that. I have had discussions with companies like that uh, about that kind of thing. Maybe is the best answer I can give right now because I don't know. Um, we are going to have, like I mentioned, we're going to have like bring your own screen connect, bring your own team viewer this week. Um, sure. So you'll be able to do that if you want. At some point we might expand that and make it a more like a uh, plug and play kind of experience where you just get it through us in the RMM. Um, that's not going to happen immediately. And so I don't have a great answer because I just don't know. I mean, I would say that for people that are on the fence, the remote access is probably going to be a big, like, make it or break it. And knowing that right now Synchro Live is hit or miss and it doesn't seem like it is as, well, let's be honest, it's not as capable as as these other tools that have been around for years versus yours sure. that's been around for less than one. Yeah. Um, so so that said, I mean, I'm I'm sure that there would be some very, very happy MSPs if if there was a day where you said, I'll tell you what, for an extra X dollars a month, we will include a license of uh, Screen Connect or Team or whatever. Sure. So that, so that way it all just works. I totally understand. I think that we may at some point do that. Um, I think for now, the big blocker we're trying to get past is just, if you love Screen Connect, which lots of people do, mm -hmm. you can use it now, right? Like that's kind of like, and then if we need, because the other stuff is a lot more complicated, right? It's not just about us writing the code. It's the legal agreements and all that. Realistically, like we're probably not going to be able to resell Screen Connect because it's owned by ConnectWise, right? Um, so there's more complications there. Now, if you bring your own, it's easy. Like we can we can do that. So that's why we're we're just trying to unblock people. It's like, hey, I love Screen Connect. Okay, well, now you can use it, right? Um, so that's kind of step one. Okay. Um, all right. So let's talk about permissions. Okay. If, if I've got a technician, he doesn't need to see customer financial data. Right. So what we got for that is this thing called security groups. Okay. Very similar to the notification sets. You create different groups. You can put different people in different groups. So let's say I got this technician one here. Click edit. Now there's different permissions and you can just say, Hey, I don't want you to be able to, um, view reports. I don't want you to be able to, um, create scripts. I don't want you to be able to run scripts. 
Um, I don't want you to be able to view the invoice details. So really easy here, um, just like what you want. Perfect. Now, um, I see that, uh, let's see here. Someone says, I suggest having remote shell and stuff like that for the Mac, but definitely don't try to reinvent the bicycle. <laughs> we, are, we will have script, like scripting stuff for Mac. That would be in there. So like remote shell, that kind of thing. Uh, reporting. Available hours for a technician. Can we, can we see our technician's... Um, profitability and can we see our technicians uh, what's the word I'm looking for utilization sure so we have like a built-in time clock so any employee can come in here and like open their time clock and basically like check in check out that kind of thing um, mm -hmm. they can create these time clock entries and then on tickets you can track your time there are lots of different reports that you'll probably want to look at in here and depends what you're actually really looking for but like there's tickets time tracking right um you can go look at that and you can see all the tickets and how much time was spent whether they were billed for or not which ticket it was who worked on it how long they spent um so there's that like you can go see like a tech hours report um and you can see you know how many hours they worked and whether they billed for it and that kind of thing um per tech right so there's lots of different things you can do there. Um, there's uh, tickets pending charges. So there, you can go look at like tickets that basically haven't been invoiced or sorry, uh, billable time that hasn't been invoiced. You can go look at um, a time clock report. Check your chat real quick. Even. Check your chat. Oh, got you it. might not be able to. Okay, I got it. No, okay. All right, so you want me to talk more about reports. There's lots of different reports. Um, you know, some of the, my favorite one is probably this customer detail report. Um, I can type a customer and select a time frame, and I can run this report. This is gonna show me like tickets by issue and type and by tech and how long those tickets were open and a ticket summary. Um, time tracking, like how much time we spent on this client in this time frame, and whether we build for it or not. Um, and then an invoice summary. And I can, you know, I can schedule these, get a PDF of it, we can send it to the customer on a regular basis. We've also got this like customer RMM report. So you can go and type the like, same customer. Click run report. And you can see like issues by type and by computer and critical alerts that are currently there and um, by operating system and all kinds of stuff. There's actually more things this can show, um, but it only shows stuff if it's relevant, like it won't show up. Um, if there's no data, it's not going to show it. Um, you can schedule it again, get it to go out to clients. Um, but there's all kinds of different reports in here. Um, let's see. I'm trying to go through the questions here because I can see them as well. A uh, question here about alerts for servers of offline when they come back online. Yeah, so what you're going to want to do there is you're going to create a policy. 
for servers. So you could just make a new policy here and call it server policy or whatever. And then you just go here and you say agent status notification alert. If the agent is offline for, you know, 10 minutes and rearm after 60 minutes, it's going to generate an RMM alert for you for all those servers. Pretty straightforward when those, uh, when those go offline. Um, yeah, a log of what's happening on the computer. Yeah, I think there's a lot of room to add more stuff like that. We have, if you go to, I don't know, one of these computers, there is kind of this recent activity thing. So like it installed an update and uh, this RMM alert was generated and it installed, you know, four other updates, just stuff like that. One of the other cool things that I just love about having everything in one place is that you can view the tickets here right from the RMM kind of asset page. And I can just say like, Oh, what happened with this ticket? Is it resolved? Cool. Um, so that's a fun thing. Okay. So uh, we got another question Sir, here. Sergey said, check how CCleaner cloud does it. I like okay. CCleaner cloud. It's uh, it's pretty neat. Now sure. you have, you have an integration with Domo. Yeah. But I really don't know what that is. Yeah. And you probably don't need it. Um, Domo is a data analytics platform. It costs like $50,000 a year. Um, it, you know, it's like the IBM similar kind of thing. You can take all this data that, and they store it for you. So let's say you have a database and you want to sync data over there for all these different events. It's like kind of mixed panel or something on steroids. Um, and then you can make all kinds of pretty charts and cool stuff like that. So the Domo integration, we pay Domo, we can give you a license to it. It gives you all your data. You can go make charts and all that um, and see all of your data in these pretty charts. The thing is, it's not as necessary anymore. When we made that integration, we didn't have as many reports um, in here. Now we're adding more and more reports just into the Synchro reporting page. As we do that, Domo becomes less and less necessary. So most people don't use Domo. Now, I, I don't see a way to do like custom reports. If we if we need a report, is that something that we can ask you about, I assume? Yeah, I mean, of course, if you we're constantly adding more like these vulnerable patches and vulnerable systems ones, those aren't even out. You guys can't see those yet until we release the Windows patch management stuff. Um, this I, I'm dying to see that executive summary. Sure. The, the executive summary is a combination of the thing I showed while you were gone for a second. It's the combination of the customer RMM and the customer detail. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a little bit of both. So if I go in here and I go to Larry, say like all for the time frame, and run this report. It's going to show me like tickets by issue, by type, how long they were open, who worked on them, you know, viruses, antivirus, like how many machines are completely patched, how many updates have been installed in that time frame. That kind of thing, I can get a PDF, I can schedule it to go to people. Um, pretty straightforward. If you guys need more sure. reports, I already have a ton of examples people have sent me. We will be making more reports. Um, there's going to be a lot more going in there. So Now, one thing that I hate about Repair Shopper, and I just assume that it's going to be the same in here, contacts and customers. Okay. It just doesn't seem intuitive to me. Okay. Do you want so me if, to explain it? If, it's pretty maybe. I mean, look, show, show me a company that has multiple contacts. Sure. So Larry is my example customer that I always use. He's got a hotel. It's called Larry's Lamplighter, right? 
Mm-hmm. First of all, a customer is like a business. You can name them whatever you want, right? Like I can edit this and I can remove the like, I can remove the first name and the last name and it's just going to show the business name. Um, so okay. I could just have this here. Let's just do that. So now this is going to, this customer is going to be called Larry's Lamplighter and it's a hotel. Um, and what I'm going to, then when I go in here, each of the like contacts, these are employees that work at that company. And that's all it really are is. Those, are those custom UDFs or are those ones that you've created for us? Use, sorry, user defined fields. So, right. Really good question. Okay. So we have lots of fields here that we have in by default. We have these things called custom fields. These are things you can add and you can make them whatever you want. They can be encrypted passwords because we have a password vault. Those are these here. They can be strings, drop downs, check boxes. There's a, like a pop-up field example here. I don't have, I'm not using it right now, but basically you can like make it. So if there's a customer you never want to service again, anytime <laughs> to this like, Page it'll pop up a thing and say don't service this customer and so nice. there's pop-ups um you can do like a signature field so like if you're on the mobile app or something they can like do a signature um oh, cool uh there's we call that a scribble so you can add these these are examples of people i've done demos with that real things they wanted to track so, so these show me the you go into contact, contact. okay so so for for the people that aren't interested in spending minimum $95 a month with IT glue, this gives us the ability to do some at least basic documentation. Yes. So a couple things we have that are in IT glue. Um, we have custom fields. These go on customers. They also go on assets. There's a different set of custom fields for assets per type. So you can have as many types of assets as you want. A synchro device is one that has an agent on it, right? So let's go into this one. So these have their own custom fields as well, right? So I've got this Office 365 checkbox, but I can add whatever I want. This is a completely separate set of fields. Um, So you can track that there. Tickets also have custom fields. So you can track that stuff. Um, Now, the other thing we have is a documentation center. So this is a basic wiki kind of thing. Um, I can come in here and like some examples like employee directory. Um, This is like (laughs) super silly like example. Um, But there's like a, it's just HTML. So if I go in here, this, this wiki page is tied to that customer, that, that Larry's lamplighter. You can see customer name here. It's tied Mm -hmm. to that customer and I can put whatever I want. This is just a WYSIWYG. I can choose if I want to show this on their customer portal too. So if I want to share this documentation with them, I can, or I can keep this internal. If this is a standard operating procedure, I want my text to follow. I can totally do that. You can even embed your custom fields here. So if you wanted to like put their signature, I can use this and just copy and paste it in there. Um, So pretty straightforward. Um, So that's some of the documentation stuff. If you go into the app center, you can set up your password vault. Um, a couple things just to note about that. It uses open PGP encryption. This is super, super secure. We have no idea what your password vault password is. Okay, so like you set up a password vault password in here. It never goes to our servers because it's all done locally. And if you forget your password vault password, we cannot recover it. 
We don't know what it is. So I tell people that like pretty often just to warn them. Um, Cause if you forget your password vault password, like you have to start over. Um, Cause there's no way to recover it. It's super secure. That's kind of the point. Um, so, but if you know it, then the way it works is you go over here to your customer and you go to, um, let's go back to Larry for a second. And here we have like the custom field. So you just click this and then you enter your password vault password. And you can see if I inspect this page, you'll see that it's not, um, where's that particular? It's not like plain text is what you're showing me, huh? Right. So like, whatever, if you, if you go into it, you'll see that it's just like a blurb of random stuff. Um, so you can't view it or anything. We have no idea what it says. Now, will you be adding eventually the ability to audit and see who's looked at what based on which technicians logged in? Sure. I mean, we have like some change history here. There's also um, certain things like in the assets, for example, if I go, um, go to that asset. Lonnie, aren't you on Kaseya right now? What are you doing, man? <laughs> so here, like for this asset, if I wanted to like remote in, I could remote in and then it's going to show me it's going to show me in the recent activity that like this person remoted in. So it'll say that in this recent activity. So there are certain things like that um, where you can get like a full audit of what people are doing. So Lonnie asked a, a perfectly reasonable question. I just wanted to give him a hard time. So, you know, he, he tried it back when, back when you were on with me last year. Sure. A lot has changed. A lot. A lot has changed. Oh yeah. Can he can he do another trial? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, just uh, I'm sure at some point my email should I just send put my email in here? Um, yeah. To all panelists and attendees. Is it Ian at Synchro? There it is. I just sent it out. Perfect. Feel free to email me if you want another trial. It's not a problem. Um, and I'm happy to do a demo or whatever. We can walk through it and answer your questions. No big deal. Now, I know we've been going at this for a while, but I do want to talk to you briefly about some PSA automation. Sure. Because, right. I mean, automation is one third of PSA. That's what the A stands for. Yes. So, um, what kind of, so, so what do you, do you have automation on the PSA side? I guess is the first question. Sure. I mean, it depends what in particular you're asking about. Um, of course. Uh, but yeah, now, there's lots of automation. What do you call the automation and where can we go and start working on automating our PSA? Like, do you call it workflow rules if we're working on tickets? Uh, you know, that type of thing. Sure. So um, let's just like break it down into some of the main parts of the PSA. Sure. So, you know, there's invoices. So there are lots of different things you can automate for invoices. Um, there's tickets and there's lots of different things you can automate and make more efficient in tickets. Um, I'd say like that's probably the two main areas and then everything else is kind of broken down like parts of that, right? The SLA stuff and contracts, that's kind of a part of invoices. Um, so I don't know, you tell me what you want to dive into. We can talk about it. All right. 
I want to automatically send out an in- invoice to Larry's Lamplighter. Okay. That is $100 per user, per, per end user. Okay. So first of all, we have this products and services page. So this is like your inventory. So one of the things you want to notice about this inventory is it could be a physical good, like a server or a laptop you sell them. It could be a service you provide. Like let's say you charge them $50 per endpoint per month, right? Um, it could be a, um, a labor rate. So if you're going to charge them for labor, you can have different labor rates in here. Um, so I've already got this set up. It already knows how much these things cost, how much they cost me. It can calculate the profit, all that stuff. Uh, we have a whole system for like keeping stuff, um, you know, up, like in stock in your inventory and purchase orders and stuff like that. Okay. Now that you know, that's all where this is pulling from. Probably the easiest way to explain this is to start with a ticket and just talk about a normal workflow we're going to go through when we're billing somebody for time. Obviously, we'll, we'll do kind of like the, I don't know, it's like the break fix scenario, and then we'll get into the recurring invoices and the automation there. But for you to really understand the recurring invoices, we kind of need to understand a normal invoice. So um, let's pick one of these. Um, James with server is beeping. See, obviously a randomly generated ticket. Okay, so tickets, a couple things here. Tickets can have different statuses. You can customize these. We give you some by default. Tickets can also have different types. Again, we give you some by default. You can customize them. Each type of ticket can have its own set of custom fields because you probably want to track something different about a remote support job versus a new employee setup, right? So you have different custom fields for that and track different things. Um, we also have these things called worksheets. These are super cool. So I can make a worksheet. Um, I can make them uh, ahead of time so that I have like a virus removal one. And this is a, essentially a form that you're going to have your text fill out for different kinds of jobs. So they can say, okay, this, and I did this, and I checked the hard drive. And then if you ever have somebody, a client that comes back to you and like, hey, my hard drive failed. It's because you did this work. You can say, no, we did a hard drive test at this time, and it passed. Um, so I can finalize these. So that's what that little, cause that looks like it's an undo to me. Um, this is just a time thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't okay. know. The, um, the, you can also make these ad hoc worksheets. So let's say you go on site and it's like, you want to track your tasks, but it's something one off. You can make an ad hoc worksheet and I can say, I want to track, um, did I do this? And, uh, maybe like, uh, text. Uh, what was this? And I can save this worksheet and now I can use it. Um, so now I've got these two different uh, worksheets here and I can track that. Okay, so that's worksheets. You can have certain worksheets automatically populate based on the type of ticket. So that's pretty cool. All right, let's talk about tracking time for a second. We've got different labor rates in here. These are again, pulling from my inventory already. And I can track time in three different ways. The first way I can just click play. Okay. So that's one way. The second way is that in my communications with the customer, I can say like, Oh, we did some work and let's make this a public note. So we don't email them. Let's say we spent 30 minutes on it. I'll make a public note now. What's the All charge right. now box. Um, we'll get into that in just a second. Um, so I just tracked 30 minutes. Let's press stop here. So now I've got these two different things in my labor log. If I click view log, I can see those. 
here's a third way you can track time. I can say like trip charge and I can say I drove on site add. Okay, so that clearly is that's a long time. All right, we're gonna charge them for sure for this one because they we drove on site for a long time. Uh, and then we also, we're gonna charge them for this. This one's less than a minute. We don't have to charge them for that. Um, so now I've got these charges on this ticket. We call these pending ticket charges because they haven't been invoiced yet. Um, I can add more things to this. Like if I wanna sell them a laptop while I'm there, I can add that. Okay, so I've got these pending ticket charges. If this was like a one-off thing, like a break fix situation, I'd click make invoice here. In an M I'm gonna show you how it would work for an MSP in a second. Um, or, you know, I'm sure MSPs do this part too, but we're just gonna make an invoice. You can see what the invoices look like. Then I'll show you a different way to do it with automation. Okay, so I've got my invoices here. Um, this is, you'll notice this UI is kind of like QuickBooks invoices. Um, I can see my different line items. I can add more if I want to. Um, if you're using one of our integrated payment processors, you can just take payment here. I can get a PDF of this invoice. Again, I already showed you this. This is completely customizable, this invoice. Um, cool stuff in there. So this is an invoice. Let's talk about recurring invoices. Or actually, do you have any questions about this so far? Not yet. All right, let's talk about recurring invoices. So this is where it's really cool. So you wanted a recurring invoice for Larry. We're gonna make one here. So what this is doing is this is essentially generating an invoice on a schedule. So in this case, we're doing it monthly. If we wanted to, we could do it on a different schedule. We're doing it in arrears starting on the first every month. We can have it auto charge the credit card on file if we want to, or this can just generate an invoice and then we can you know, send it to them or whatever we wanna do. But you can automate it to, um, to do that. And if the card fails, you can try it again, that kind of thing. Um, let's see here. You can have it automatically email the customer PDF of this. We have an integration with USPS. This is pretty sweet. So uh, what this will do is this will print this invoice out onto a piece of paper, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on the envelope and send it to them. And you do nothing. All you do is pay for postage. And that's a direct integration with USPS. So that's pretty cool. So if you want to do that, how, you can. How much are you charging us for postage? I don't think we make any money on it. I think it's like you're actually directly paying you USPS for it. I think, uh, I forget exactly, but I think you basically put your USPS account in there. Um, and it, anyway, it, it's pretty cool. It's in the App Center if you want to check it out. Um, this is really cool. So add any pending ticket charges. So we had that ticket, we did some work, we had those pending ticket, char ticket charges on there and then we clicked make invoice, right? Had we not clicked make invoice, they would just be pending ticket charges. You can just leave them on that ticket. What this will do is in this case, every month, cause we select monthly, it will pull all the pending ticket charges from this customer into this new invoice. That way you're sending one invoice per month and you don't have to send three different ones, right? Okay. Um, we have a whole system for, Prepay hours, some people use that, like block hours. So if you want to do that, you can have it automatically reset their prepay hours. Uh, most people aren't using that. But um, if you do have that business model, we can accommodate it. Okay, this is where the automation is really cool. So these are the line items. We're charging them for these things every month, right? So mm -hmm. like say I have, this, I have this in my inventory, monitoring AV plus, $50 a month for endpoint. 
and I, they have 21 employees at Larry's Lamplighter, right? So I'm charging them 21. The problem is now when they hire a new person or they add another endpoint, I have to go and add this, make it 22. So if I forget to do that, I'm underbilling them or overbilling them if it goes down or whatever. It's just kind of a pain. So instead, we have this different kind of line item called asset RMM counter. So I'm going to take the same product, pull it from my inventory, and we're charging 50. Um, and instead, I can have it automatically count when it generates this invoice, how many assets this customer has that are of type synchro device or mailbox or whatever. So if you're doing managed mailbox, I can do that. Um, and it's going to automatically update this quantity when this invoice is generated. I don't have to worry about it anymore. So that's really simple thing you can do. Even cooler. If you go into the assets and RMM here, I mentioned to you, we have these filters. So like we created a filter for office 365 with the checkbox checked and everything. And then we have access to them here. So if I click office 365 license, now it's only showing me the asset um, that has that checkbox checked, which we populated from scripting. If you recall, we, we checked that checkbox with scripting. Here, you can pull those asset searches in. So I can say Office 365 license. And this is going to now count how many assets this customer has that match that asset search. So you can go all the way from the scripting all the way to billing them for, for whatever the, the custom fields are or per server or per policy or whatever it is. It's going to automatically update those. So that's pretty cool. Am I able to bill based on the number of contacts instead of the number of devices? Uh, we don't have that in there yet. Um, I want to add that. I think we can. We just added this asset search thing like a month ago or something. Um, I think we can add a new thing that's like per contact. I think that would be pretty cool. So we can, we can do that. People have asked for it. Um. So I just want to uh, go over a few things that were said in YouTube. Um, Kyle asked uh, if we can have integration with other remote tools since the integrated one is not super great. We did go over that earlier. Yep. Um, when you watch the replay, you can see more details, but the short answer is yes. In a week or two, ConnectWise and, and I'm sorry, Screen Connect and TeamViewer. Um, Jorge wants to know how reliable the monitors are and are they real time? Um, so, sorry, I just want to make sure I heard that. He wants to know how real time are the monitoring alerts? How reliable they are and are they real time? Uh, they work. <laughs> That's how reliable they are. And they... It depends which alert. Um, some of them are basically real time, like the um, server uh, being offline kind of thing. Like that's pretty real time. Um, at most, the delay will be five minutes, but it almost all the time it's like instantaneous. Um, for the uh, other alerts, some of them we don't check. Some of them we check every fifteen minutes. And some of them we check every six hours and some of them we check every hour. Um, and the reason we do that is, for example, the hard drive one, you don't want to check that every 15 minutes. It's like bad for the hard drive. So we check that one, I think, every six hours. Um, so it depends, but they're pretty real time. And 
we used sensible defaults for depending on which one it is. Okay. So if a, if an MSP came to you and said, Hey, you know, right now it seems like this is only checking every six hours. Here's my use case. Then you, then you may make a change for them as well. Sure. I mean, we're always open to making changes. It's going to depend, right? Like some people I will say want to do crazy stuff that nobody else wants to do. And we're probably not going to build that. But if I hear some, the same thing three or four times in a week, there, there's something there and we're going to want to make that change. Right. So like I said before, we're definitely like a engineering company. We're, we're a software development company. We like shipping code. So if you've got a cool idea, we're very happy to hear it. Now, what about the customer portal? You've mentioned it a few times. Sure. Can we see it? You can. Um, let's go over to Larry again. I should probably like find another customer that I can demo. I've, I don't have another one. Okay. So he's got this thing called the customer portal. So the customer portal, oh, right. This is what they'd see when they log in. Um, but with your logo. So let me delete this guy down here. We'll get to this. Don't worry. Okay. Customer portal. So this is a portal that you can give them access to. They will log in with a username and password uh, that you generate for them. They can see their open tickets and account overview. They can see their open invoices. They can get a, you know, a PDF of the invoice and all of that. If you use one of our integrated payment processors, there's a button here that clicks that says like pay now and they can enter their credit card information or ACH info and they can pay that info, uh, pay with that, you know, um, payment method. Um, they can see the recent payments, estimates. This is kind of like quotes, right? So it's like an invoice that they can approve or decline and they can get a PDF of that. Um, any attachments you want them to see, any documentation you want to share with them, they can see their assets. There are two different permission levels for this. So um, the way that you give them access is you go down here to portal users and you click new and you can choose uh, between the contacts or I remove the, um, I removed that thing just now, but this would say Larry Legend on it. But basically, you can, you can give them access. This guy is technically the admin. Um, and so he sees everything that I just showed you, all the financial information, all of that stuff. If I gave it to one of the contacts, like Amy, she can only see her open tickets. She can respond to those tickets and all of that. And she can see her asset. And that's it. So none of the financial info or anything like that. I like it. All right. Can customers see the recent activity from their portal? It seems like that's a resounding yes. Yeah, I mean, they can go in here. Um, there's no open tickets, but I can make a new one, right? And uh, I can make a ticket, but if there were open tickets, let me go view all, spread closed tickets here. Like I could go in and comment on these tickets, no problem. I like it. So... Somebody, uh, uh, let's see here. Sergey meant assets activity, like synchro live session stuff. They can't see that kind of thing in the portal. Um, 
there are a couple cool things you can give them access to if you want to. So in the scripts, if you're looking at one of your scripts, uh, the clean recycle bin, I can check this and it'll give them access to it on the customer portal. So they could run this script on their own asset if they want to. So that's cool. That's, you could give them access. kind of cool. But I mean, obviously you as a technician need to be really smart about what you're giving them access. Of course. That's why it's <laughs> off by default. Um, so you can do that. They can't really see any asset activity. We are talking about right now. I just had a conversation yesterday uh, with a couple people on the team about various improvements we can make to the customer portal. So there are some cool things we can do there. Um, You'll get more. Right, let's let's talk about uh, let's let's directly compare ConnectWise to SyncWorks for a minute. Now I showed you that one screen earlier, and I still don't know what that one screen said, other than what I was told it does. Okay. So obviously there are some things in ConnectWise that are like really incredibly powerful. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But at the same time, we also need to. Hmm, how do I word this? We also need to have something that's going to be more functional for the majority of MSPs. And by the majority, right. I mean the smaller ones that maybe just aren't ready for that type of functionality yet. And, and that said, I, I think ConnectWise has its place. I think Synchro has its place. What I'm seeing today compared to what I saw last year, like Last year, I was not super impressed, and I, I think I think that was reflected in, <laughs> in my questions that I was asking. Sure. Today, though, I, I mean, I'm not going to say that I'm, I'm going to just up and leave Kaseya for this, but I feel like for somebody starting out, that's like, dude, Kaseya is way too confusing, or ConnectWise is too confusing, and Central, too confusing. This this has its place, and right. can they can they outgrow this tool as of today? Yes, but if your um, uh, development uh, stays as quick as it has been, and you're able to develop and scale alongside all of your existing customers as they hopefully scale, I I, th I feel like. I feel like this has so much potential. And I know that sounds like such a cheesy thing to say, like, oh, it has so much potential. Like, that's what my teachers used to say. Steve had so much potential. Right. Um, but but I, I'm seeing it. So so let's let's talk about something that ConnectWise does really well. And I'm just gonna give you the the high overview. We don't have to get into nitty gritty details, but I just want to know where where do you fall on this? Where 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 are you able to shine? Where where are you failing? Um, something happens. Uh, Connectwise has a monitor that that trips. Connectwise has remediation built in that will automatically fix said monitor. Sure. Connectwise will then. Uh, it created a ticket because the monitor tripped. Yep. It will add a time entry just because it did remediation. Sure. If the remediation solves the issue and the monitor 
is closed or untripped or however you want to call it, you know, then it will close the ticket. Mm-hmm. So, so ConnectWise automated is, is going to open tickets, work tickets, add notes, add time, which, you know, it, it you know, I, I'm sure it's not always going to be billable time because this should be for one of your MSP clients where it's all inclusive. Right. That's on, that's on you, the MSP, right? Right. Um, and then it's closing said ticket. Like, are you able to do that today? Yeah, so we can do all of that that you just said, with the exception of um, we can't yet, I mean, you could make it work with the scripts, but we can't yet check to see if the thing was fixed and then close the ticket in that case. Like, you you could still make that work in the scripts. It would just be a little more work. You'd be like some manual. You'd have to kind of hack it together. Other than that, we can do all of that. And I mean, you can yeah. add, you can add a time entry thanks to remediation script running. Yeah. Because in the script there, there's the add time to ticket in that. Sync, I missed that. that I was, I was too busy looking at that, that box that said uh, time, but I was assuming that that was a maximum time. I'll allow this to run. That that is what that was. But in the in the import module thing at the very bottom there, one of the functions is add time to ticket. Ah, uh, so one of one of your PowerShell uh, custom things that you've got, yeah, to add time to a ticket. Right. So you could Which run a script, right, and say clean up recycling bin, and then in your script you can check again to see if like the um, the hard drive space is now below like above fifteen percent capacity or something and then if it's not add time to ticket or i don't know whatever that's not the best example but um you can add time to ticket is there a module today um and maybe this is something you said i just didn't understand it within that custom module is there a closed ticket function you can do that with the automated remediation Sorry, bugs. <laughs> yeah, you can do that with the automated remediation. You okay. also can update a ticket with that module, and you could just change the status to resolve with that function. So there's two ways to do that. Uh, one of them is so, in the script, and one of them is in the automated remediation. So it can be done. It's it can really, be done. Really it what- can be done. And I will say, like, that could be easier, and we will make it easier. But this is all stuff we've done in the last six months, right? Like, we've just been going so fast and building this stuff. So in a year, you and I might talk again, and we'll have a ridiculous amount more. Um, so if you guys are our existing users, keep the feature requests coming. We love them. So one of the last questions I see here, Ian, do you recommend or endorse asking Nick from Synchro Assist to help with implementation. Nick Lenius, I'm assuming he's talking about. Yeah, so Nick's one of our like power users. Um, he's an existing customer. He's super awesome, just like on a personal level. He's a really cool guy. Uh, he has an MSP and he, uh, he provides a service to the community. This is kind of separate from us. We don't like, there's no agreement between us or anything, but he'll help you kind of like onboard, I guess. Um, I don't know how many people have used him for that. I know he's, from what I've heard, it's pretty affordable. 
Um, he'll help you like write scripts and, you know, teach you how to use stuff. You know, that being said, we do a lot of that stuff for free to a certain extent. So like, I'm happy to sit down with you for a couple, three hour long sessions, train your technicians, answer their questions, whatever. That's like, just, we don't charge anything for that. We do it within reason. If you want me to write your scripts, I'm not going to do that, but you can request them in the community script library. And if three or four people request the same script, we will write it for you. Um, you know, we're, we've, I've never had to charge anyone for onboarding. Um, because the system is just intuitive. And to your point before, it's like, yes, lab tech or, or automate um, or Kaseya, they can do tons of stuff, probably tons of stuff synchro can't do, but it doesn't matter if you don't implement it. Right. And so like the simplicity combined with the power that you're seeing now that's in synchro, if the end result is that you implement everything in synchro and then you like using it, that's probably going to be better than if you use 10% of what's in Kaseya and like, don't really like your text, don't know how to use it. Um, and that being said, I do think we will be adding more things that Kaseya or ConnectWise or whatever have um, that people truly need. Probably not going to add the thing that like 5% of MSPs need, but we probably will add all the things that 90% of MSPs need. Um, so that stuff's coming, whatever it might be. You know, Ian, this this was fantastic. And Sergey said something. I'm not entirely sure. I understand where he's going. He said, it's just all these workflows, best practices and such. Mm-hmm. I'm probably only using about 10% of what Synchro can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's where he's going with, you know, should he should he reach out to Nick and have Nick do some things? But I think a lot of it is really... What, what people need to, to realize is, and, and this, this goes beyond, beyond synchro, and um, what people need to realize is none of these tools are configured out of the box because people run their business different ways. So just because Nick runs his business one way, and I'm not saying his race the wrong way, Nick, um, I don't really know him on a personal level. I've seen him in a bunch of different IT groups on Facebook. He's really an awesome guy. Um, he might run his business one way and I might run my business completely differently. You know, he and may decide, okay. and, and that's just the thing, you know, he may say, I want to have a five minute SLA and all my tickets where you're like, dude, that's insane. I can't, I can't afford to have a five minute SLA on my tickets. Right. So you really need to figure out, you know, you need to start by just sitting down and writing down, how do I want my MSP to operate? And once you write that down, once you have an idea of, all right, this is, this is kind of what I want my MSP to do. This is how I feel like my, my company's culture needs to be, how my company's workflow needs to be. Then you start sitting down just with the guys in the synchro group on Facebook or, or, you know, send Ian a, a text or a, a message or whatever, an email, or, or reach out to support um, and say, hey, look, you know, here's what I'm thinking. How would I set this up in, in Synchro? And, and this isn't to say, you know, don't, don't give Nick your money because, you know, he, he's been using Synchro for a while. And I think before that, he was a repair shopper customer for a long time. Oh, he knows. So he so knows, knows the system. On in and out. And I would say it might even be fair to say he probably knows this system 
as well, if not better than some of the support people over at Synchro, just because he's been using it for so long. There are probably parts of it he knows better than me. Um, right. And But that's yeah. only because, you know, he, he might be able to think outside the box in how to take this piece and this piece and make them do this together. Whereas Ian's just going to think, all right, well, nope, doesn't, doesn't do it. And, and that's not to say Ian's bad at this. It's just, you know, when, when you're developing the software, you have one way, kind of one vision of here's how we intended for this to work. Whereas one of these consultants are going to say, well, Hey, you know, this thing does this and this thing does this. And I have found when I put these two together in this particular combination that they'll do kind of this thing that I want them to do. Right. So, so that said, um, I guess what I'm saying is before you hire anybody, you need to have an idea of how you want this thing to function because just saying, I need you to set up my, my synchro or my connect wise or my whatever, um, you know, they don't know what to do unless you tell them. I mean, they can set it up to do it the way they think you should run your business, but maybe you don't want to do it that way. Mm -hmm. So whether you hire somebody or not, you need to sit down and plan. And if you go to uh, the free resources and they can't figure it out, then go to a consultant and say, hey, this is what I want to do. Is there a way for me to accomplish this? And they may say, yeah, you just need to do some webhooks and Zapier. I mean, who knows? Like, but but start start with the free resources and start with a plan is, is what I want to say to that. I totally agree. I tell this to people all the time. Like, I don't care if you use Synchro or ConnectWise or whatever. It really doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is you implement it, right? And make it work for your business because... There are people using LabTech and SolarWinds and whatever, and they're successful making money, right? So you can do it regardless of which tools you use. Your experience might be a little bit different. You might have these things that are a little different. For the most part, you can run an MSP on those platforms. So it's just about, if you think about it and you're like, oh, people are successful regardless of which platform they're using, the real thing is like actually implementing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that said, we have answered all the questions we we answered 33 questions ian nice and and that's just what happened in the q a there was a bunch more that happened in the chat there were some things happening on youtube um i i feel like this was a fantastic session i gotta say i mean is it ConnectWise? is it kaseya no but it's, you've got an impressive product now ian i'm i'm Thank really you. proud of what Appreciate you guys it. have have accomplished. I'm excited to see what you guys accomplish in the next six to 12 months. I can't wait to have you back so we can, so we can grow you more. Um, do, does anybody have any last minute comments, questions, feedback for Ian feedback for me as a, as a webinar presenter? Uh, you know, I, I think it's safe to say we're, we're all open here. Um, and, and while I'm waiting for that feedback or anything, uh, let me just do some, some quick uh, announcements, if you will. So today we had Ian with Synchro. I think it went fantastically. We, I can't believe we did this for over two hours, man. This was insane. Um, next week on Tuesday, we have GMS Live Expert coming in. 
and they are going to educate us on using their outsourced help desk in Knock. So if you've if you've ever even just been interested in an outsourced help desk to kind of see like how does this work, does it suck? Uh, they they can help answer all those questions. And then Thursday next week on the twenty third, we are going to have MSP processes and procedures one year later. So if you guys remember last year, I want to say April or June, May, I don't know, sometime around then, we had uh, my very first webinar, MSP Processes and Procedures. We had four guys. Uh, three of them will be returning, I believe. Uh, one just just let me know that he has a, a some family personal things going on, so he won't be able to make it. However, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about sales, marketing, onboarding, and service delivery. So we're going to, we're going to hear from real MSPs, um, no sales pitches, just processes and procedures. If, um, if you like what you saw here today, I have a ton of value available to people that become members. I have daily peer sessions, um, tons of ready to use documents like customer onboarding, a managed service agreement, um, sales and marketing stuff, just a, a ton of stuff ready to use a Slack team for people to, to chat and um, tons, tons of, tons of stuff, including vendor deals. Ian, um, we don't want to give away the, the secret of how to access it, but I do want to say that Ian was awesome enough to offer a vendor deal to MSP webinars members. Um, he's got a 50% off coupon for your first month. So all you have to do is log into the members portal and you will be able to access that coupon. Thank you very much for doing that, Ian. Um, let's see. Synchro did a good job between last time and now. Uh, that's awesome, man. I think I think it's kind of unanimous that everyone's impressed with with all the changes you've made. I hope so. It was a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kyle from YouTube said he needs to be on the Mac beta. And his last initial is K. I have a feeling I know who it is, but uh, Kyle, so. just, just just reach out to Ian and you know maybe he can put you on the list. But worst case, uh, I think it sounds like it'll be available for a public beta sometime next month, as long as the private beta goes well. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Um, Ian, Any anything else? Uh, no, just feel free to shoot me an email. If you have any questions, I it's Ian at synchromsp.com. I'm happy to chat to do a demo, 